Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 58, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. Santos. What's up, brother? Fresh back from Mexico. Oh, Tell me, uh, tell us, tell me and our um, esteemed audience what you were doing down in Mexico. Oh, look at me, man. Look at that fucking tan. That shit doesn't happen by accident. I thought there was just a natural Portuguese glow. Yeah. The natural Portuguese glow goes from either like mowing too many lawns or just covered in too much dirt. That's what the Portuguese glow is. Both in the same. We wear it well. Um, Mexico was great, man. Sayulito. Um, tequila, tacos. Nice. Yeah, it's it's awesome. We love that. Now, time. You you were down there f- helping out our good good friend friend of the podcast, Mark H. Right? No, that's actually oh. next week. Oh, that's coming up. Yep, next oh, week down in yeah down two hours east. Of, oh, so this was just you were just vacation. This was yeah. Oh, nice. vacation. It was awesome. It was awesome. Sweet. Yep, next week for work. That'll be good. Um, so what did Jack think of being down there? He's now at the point where he's got to be a little more aware of, you know, when you go someplace like that, like it's, it sinks in a little more, huh? It does for sure, yeah. He started, I, I have, he started like, he, he'll he'll start, he'll call shit out while we're in the golf cart because it's a, it's a small fishing village that, um, you, of course, you can drive cars through it and everything, but for tourists, you're only driving a mile at the most anywhere, and you just bomb around in a golf cart, and he's taken to fucking screaming from the golf cart, just like I do, where he'll be like, hey, let, let me see those flowers, or like just some, you know, there's an empanada or some shit, right? I got to take a piss, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> just so there's two of us. Rolling around in that thing, fucking yelling. It's pretty funny. Right. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So is that how you roll when you're down there? Like you rent a house or something and you get like a golf cart with the house or? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Either with a house or you get it or there's like, there's 30. You rent it separate. Yeah. yeah. There's 30 of them in town. It's all, it's so easy. I'd recommend it to anybody. It's like, it's surprisingly, um, still very, low-key and authentic it's more popular with mexican tourists than it is american tourists so Hmm. you see a lot of mexicans on vacation there um there's white people too but um but they haven't ruined it yet somehow it's fucking amazing because white people you know that's our specialty they ruin everything tulum you know being Uh, the first example right So. so how long does it take to get there what airport do you fly into you fly into puerto vallarta um, okay. Which you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, and how, what's the drive like from oh, that it's, airport? It's, it's, um, 45 minutes. So, so oh, that's, seriously? yeah, that spot that you, you remember you guys turned us on to. Yeah. So you drive by Sayulita on the way to that place. Okay. Sayulita is, is 20 minutes after the, the supermarket stop. Oh, sweet. It's right there. Tight. It's way tight. It's fucking way tight. It's young people. The first time we went there last year or the year before, we got there like kind of late at night. I, I got up early in the morning, and I'm taking a walk on the beach just to get a feel. And I'm like, motherfucker, there's a lot of people on this fucking beach. I saw them up ahead. We were staying a bit out of town. And I was walking into town. I'm like, what the fuck, man? This, it's 7.30 in the morning. What are these people doing? And as I get closer, they're like... It's a fucking, it's a bender. Like, people are partying still. And th- Holy it was shit. so good. Like, I would get up to, like, get up close to people and see them just pounding beers, and they're giving me beers. <laughs> and they're, you know, and their eyeballs are just, they're fully dilated. They're so high. You know what I mean? They've been, like, there's more ecstasy on that beach than, than in fucking Miami Beach. Um, wow. People banging on the beach, the whole thing. I was like, fucking yes, this is the spot. And it empties out, like, that was on, like, a Saturday night into Sunday morning deal, and then for the week, it's quiet and beautiful and totally family-friendly. Nice. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah. That sounds awesome. We're going to have to check that out. Yeah, we booked, uh, we're going back to Costa Rica. We went a couple years ago, but we're going for spring break this year. Going to tour around, try to hit the rainforest, um, rented a nice house that has an awesome view of the ocean and a pool for the girls to hang out so did you go I, is, this is a different one than last time uh this is a 
different one, but we're going to use the same tour guide. We got our yeah, because I remember you awesome that. tour guide. Yeah. yeah, you had so he's going to tour us around to the rainforest and a couple other things. So oh, that's right. We're also the big change um, that I'm stoked about is we're actually going to get a cook because the food. I don't know if if anyone who's listening has been to Costa Rica, but the when you go to the sort of like the beach restaurants, it's all the food is catered towards tourists and it's really shitty fried fish and just like terrible food. So the biggest thing, I loved Costa Rica. It's a beautiful country. You know, we got a direct flight down there. The food was a bummer. And the one meal where we actually went to a traditional, when we were out for the day with this guide, he took us on this amazing tour um, down the river we saw like a couple different species of monkeys and tons of crocodiles and it was amazing and then for lunch he took us up to just like a woman who kind of like opens her house and cooks for people and the food was blow away so when we actually had authentic costa rican food it was amazing so i'm excited about having someone come in and cook for us so we can get not fried shitty tourist food you know, and oh, get yeah. real authentic Costa Rican. Yeah, because you go all the way there and you're eating a Cisco chicken finger. Right. It's like, what the fuck? F- that. fuck? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. I've never been to Costa Rica. Pura Vida, yeah? Pure life down there? Yeah. Yep, I have right. um, one of my closest buddies um, lived there for some time, for years, on the beach. And it sounded like kind of the, you know, the the like equatorial sort of... Paradise, as far as it will go, <laughs> paradise for yeah, you know, for poor people, um, for sure, like us, just living down there doing bartending or whatever. It's as good as it gets, you know. Yeah. So before that trip, though, I am going to go to the South by Southwest Film Festival. Yes, I to know. See, um, also, excuse me, our good friend Jonathan Green. Star directory, sorry, star documentary filmmaker. Yeah, um, has a full length documentary premiering the first night of the festival. So I'm going down there to see that. Um, social Jeff animals. Beerman. Yep, social animals. So uh, look for that. I'm. I have no doubt it's going to get a distribution deal and be coming to one of these new streaming services near you very very yeah. soon. Yep. So we'll we'll keep you posted on what happens with that, um, so you can all watch this awesome documentary, Social Animals. Um, it's I'm so, so yeah. psyched you're heading down there for that, and and I'm still not out. Um, I just need cool. to. I, I'm not out by any stretch. I just need to sort my shit up. Well, I've got the intel on the you know because we've had coworkers who went down there on a barbecue food tour. Oh, that's so right. I've got I've got the intel on like which are the kind of lesser known, but like really awesome spots. Red. And you know, it's not Franklin. No, um, no. It's not Salt Lake. There's some other right. stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path guys, you know, with a smoker behind a little shed or whatever, you know, and shit like that. The trailers are big in Austin, right? The, yep. The, they pull up out behind a bar. Yep. That's, that's, that's a right. big scene there. So yeah, I got a, Couple, couple of those places that um, if you come down, we can hit up. Awesome. Um, then I'm just going to try to see as many films as possible. Fuck yeah, exactly. Um, you just soaking yeah. in movies the whole time. You know, Beerman um, has a film that's uh, oh my God, that's premiering right. down there too. I forgot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Beerman. Yeah, cinematographer. Cinematographer extraordinaire. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he Director of photography. He's unbelievable. He's like got some weird sort of method of like patrolling the fucking surface of the earth where he can hold the camera and he'll have on the thinnest pair of like track sneakers, the shit you wear to run like the fucking 400 meter or something. And he's rolling across the worst terrain, not even looking where he's going. And I just stare at his feet the whole time. I'm like, he's going to, he's going to fucking break an ankle. Cause that's all I would do. I, I can't, I can't even get out of the truck without breaking a fucking ankle. And he's right. like going over to the forest floor. Like he's a, like he's a goddamn like Jedi. It's just fucking amazing. I bet all DPs have some some bone in their body that kind of does that, you know? Right. Like a almost steady camish kind of body. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just catching a bunch of film. It's been a long time, you know. With yeah. Young kids, you know, you don't get very many opportunities to go out and see, especially like 
independent off the beaten path kind of films, you know? No, it's, I mean, you, I mean, Minneapolis certainly has great spots to do that, but it's on the other side of town from where it's like, it's a thing. You got to get somebody to watch your kids. It's like you say, you got a family, you're raising a family. You can't just bail at like five o'clock on a fucking Wednesday to go to the, you know, see some genre film. Yep. So that'll be fun. That's That's awesome. So speaking of content, um, there's a new, uh, this was much anticipated for me because it's uh, based on one of my favorite sci-fi books of all time. There's a new Netflix series that just premiered, I think, a week ago, actually, I think. It premiered last Friday, not this most, um, but it's up. Either way, it's called Altered Carbon. Oh yeah, you out altered carbon. At I all? saw you and Kai texting about that, and and I, I didn't, I haven't fucked with that yet. Yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting because the novel is you would actually really love the novel because it's basically taking straightforward detective fiction noir and sort of porting it into this sci-fi futuristic universe where um, anyone. Your consciousness is stored on this tiny disc that's at the base of your neck, so anyone can transport. They they refer to bodies as sleeves, so you can transport from a sleeve to a sleeve. And some sleeves are like, you know, have all sorts of um, augmentation for military or you know, like security work or different things like that. So it's this really interesting setting where race and even gender is like a little more fluid. Because people Interesting. think of the body as like this pure vessel, um, and people can live several lifetimes. Like at the beginning of the book, the protagonist is um, has been in sort of like cold storage for 250 years for committing some crimes, and they like pull pull him out of storage to help solve this crime. Really? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. The um, I'm gonna sort of. Bear with me. I'm going to um, sort of talk about the series for because my f- thoughts and feelings on it are fairly complicated. Yeah, I can imagine. Without, I can imagine without without giving away too much. I mean, it's always like a complex thing when one of your favorite books is turned into oh, a movie God, or, it's, or a oh, series yeah. or whatever. So they've added a lot of stuff in to turn it into a series. So they've taken something that was pretty straightforward and pretty. Um, stripped down like in a good way, in uh-huh. an elegant way, and they've added lots in. And some of the stuff that they've added in is genius, and some of it is not. I could take or, take or leave for sure. Not as genius. Okay. So what's what's amazing about the show is, and I think initially it got a lot of as any sci fi thing that comes out right now is going to get comparisons to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It is not Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's very. On the surface, I could see how some people could say that, but it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, and the political and the social dynamics and stuff are just very different than that universe. This is um, this is brand new out. It's brand new out. It's been out like a week. And it's a full season. Uh, ten episodes. Each episode is about 45 to 50 minutes. Right. Wow. So it's, it's a good chunk of content for sure. Damn. When it there are some moments and some things that they've added that are absolutely fucking brilliant. Really, you know when it's when it's hot. Like there are moments where I'm like, and then there are moments where it seems like a show on the CW. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, ah. right. You know, it's a hard thing to to fucking make a series. Fortunately, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, there are more moments that are just really truly brilliant than there are those CW moments. So like. I, in the end, I found myself really enjoying it and forgiving it. Um, some of those like CW sort of romancy kind of weird moments, um, and there are some moments where it is just dark as fuck. Really, like nice. You know, Blade Runner is film noir. This is definitely very much still rooted in like the crime fiction noir universe, which is a grittier, more violent bloodier everyone coming to a much less pleasant end mm. sort of world you know oh yeah that's great so it's it stays fairly true to that which is nice um re- some really good actors really? in it um really great actors and performances and in some of the ways they've expanded the universe i i actually really love so without giving too much away there's um um 
there's a character who is an AI construct, but he runs a hotel. Cool. Um, so the whole hotel is sort of like this AI. Um, and oh. he ends up staying at this AI hotel where this guy has fashioned the whole hotel after Edgar Allan Poe. So the hotel's called The Raven. Get out of here. He has sort of stylized himself to be this AI construct is like oh. um, sort of outfitted and kitted out the whole hotel in like this sort of Poe. Like he calls himself Poe, and uh, he's one of those like supporting characters, you know, in the classic detective story. Sure, that just like adds so much kind of, and the interpersonal relationship between them adds a lot of flavor. So there's a lot of those type of moments where you're like, oh yeah, this is right on. Yeah, like there's some really cool, cool, like subtext sort of, you know, side plot stuff and relationships developed between these characters that are really cool. Then there's some stuff that's a little eye-rolly. Some really, really good action scenes. Oh, yeah? Like, there are points where I'm like, holy shit, this is like, you know, it's like they're producing a high, fairly high-fidelity action movie like every other episode. Wow. Um, God, that's so so, fucking expensive, man. Yeah. I, I can't believe, like, the direction that shit's going, it's almost like you're expected to fucking do... 10 hours of content. Right. Like for the seat, like that's that type of investment is just insane. I mean, so, it's tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're getting, I mean, they have Joel Kinnaman from the killing. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, who, you know, playing this and they have some other pretty serious actors. Yeah. So that well, shit ain't so. coming cheap. Right. Um, they've got the dude, I can't remember this actor's name, but the guy from Hap and Leonard who plays Hap. Oh yeah, he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, great. He's really good. That um, British James Purifoy. Yeah, that's James it. Purifoy is his name. Um, he's really good. Anyway, so to wrap it up, I don't think this is going to be like the next. Everyone's talking about it. The water cooler hit on Netflix because it's this is a show that it, by design is just not for everyone. But I hope. Um, for the sake of this show, I think it's worth people's time and attention, and I hope enough people watch it that it gets a second season. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I'm I'm due. I need something. I've I needed a new um, a new series. I've been been fiending for one a little bit. I've been on a lot of movies lately. Um, for um, I mean, anybody that's listened before, you know, I sing the praises of Mubi constantly, um, which is the, um, you get a movie a day, every day for a month, and the, the movie pops up, and you got it for 30 days, and it cycles through, so a new movie pops up every day, it's cheap as shit, it's like five bucks a month, um, it's wow. the best streaming service ever, so... They have an unbelievable collection of films up right now, they've got, um, today, um... The, um, Alberto Latuanda, the, um, which that isn't the fucking right pronunciation, but he's a, he's a pretty famous Italian filmmaker. His film Mafioso is up, which is, there are so many tropes that were born of this film and just like are pervasive in so many mobster movies that definitely, I, I'm psyched to see that again. I haven't seen it in ages. And they've got the, um, they have the John Pierre Melville uh, trilogy, the noir trilogy oh, up now, which nice. is like they yeah. they did it one day after the other, you know. So it's Bob Le Flambeur, um Army of Shadows, and Le Cirque Rouge, which right, Le Cirque Rouge is so good. It's that's one of my favorites. It's nearly a perfect movie, Le Cirque Rouge. Yeah, yeah. the movie's a perfect crime film. Like yeah. I mean, it's as close as it gets. <laughs> that fucking movie is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, from that era, I would put that and um, Rafifi and Le Samurai. Those are probably like the three yep. top crime films that came out of that era. Yep, for sure. Those are the like the, definitely the biggest and and most notorious, rightfully so. Like they're they're badass those films. And and the thing uh, you know that you and I love about that genre is that there are so many for all of those like super major like films that hit the mark just fucking dead on in the bullseye it all the other fallout all the other films that were aspiring to these are also really fucking good like there's tons of films that are you know just that just 
fell into the stream of noir, and they're all just so fucking good, man. There's so many. Yeah. Is the the Kubrick film about the guys who robbed the racetrack is called The Killing? The Killing, that's is that right. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that film came di- was directly inspired and came directly out of, no doubt. you know. 1957, I think that was. Yeah. Um. So, so fucking great, that film. I've been actually kind of on a kick of him lately. I just, um, it was inspired, to be honest, by that documentary Room 237. Have you seen that? I, I haven't seen it, no. Oh, man, you should check it out. Um, and anybody who hasn't seen it, it's that's actually on movie now as well. Fucking, it's hmm. crazy. And there's, a, yeah, there's... There's a bunch of shit on there now, but Room 237 is an unbelievable, like, um, it's a deep dive exploration of the true meaning of The Shining, and they have theorists offering opposing theories um, about what the film is actually about, and it's fascinating. Like, it ranges from how um, how, how Kubrick was responsible like he was the one who actually filmed the landing on the moon and he was under such tight contracts with the government you know NDAs and whatever like he could never say anything about that landing on the moon we didn't have real coverage of it he filmed it he obviously couldn't say it so he (laughs) the, the the idea that they're presenting is that that Jack Nicholson's character is feeling those same ties to an employer through the hotel as Kubrick was feeling to the government because he had to film the moon landing. Like it's, it's, it's that far out. That's fucking crazy. It's nuts. There's, there's yeah. a, there's a theory that the film is meant to be played backwards just as it is forwards. So there are people that have done screenings of the film superimposed on itself from beginning to end and from end to beginning at the same time. And it's like, you know, the conversation is much like the hitting play on Wizard of Oz and playing Dark Side of the Moon or whatever. It's like, yeah, shit fucking lines up because there's 7 million fucking moments that happen over the course of two and a half hours. Of course, something's going to fucking line up and you're looking for a real thing. I'm not calling bullshit on on the Pink Floyd thing because I've never done it. I don't know. But I I am pretty much calling bullshit on the fact that this film was made to be watched in reverse. Like, there's no fucking way. Kubrick is a genius, there's no doubt. But the amount of, like... There's no way a brain can work like that to cut a film that works both so ways. How does this, yeah? How does the theory about the hotel and the moon landing thing take into account that this was something that was written by Stephen King? Um. Well, you know what I mean. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean that 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 would be an uh, like, that would this is a pre-existing narrative, you know. And yes, Kubrick took it and he added his own thing to it, but like. Are they saying he selected this project because he wanted to express these emotions and this frustration? No, no. And, and pretty much all of these theorists are in agreement that, and, and, and it actually is like documented that Stephen King hated this fucking movie. And, right. and Kubrick like made the film and deliberately just walked all over it and did whatever he wanted with just a furry finger to Stephen King the entire time. You know, and right. they, and there's I forget what the arguments are, but there's like not arguments, but there's people like posing possible situations where Kubrick had done things to like literally flip the bird to King in the middle of the movie. Oh, you know what it was? It was um, it's a fucking reach, man. Like in the opening scene, the famous helicopter shot. Um, in the opening scene of the book, the um the car that's driving up north to the hotel is a silver bug. And hmm. in the film, they change the color of it or something. But when there's a point where um, Mr. Halloran is going back to the hotel to find Danny, cause Danny's calling him back to the hotel and he, right. he comes across a crash and it's a silver bug that's been crashed. So symbolically it's supposed to be Kubrick saying, look, Stephen King, you, your story fucking crashed and burned. I'll take care of it from here. Like I, I got it. You know how, how true it is. I don't know. I mean, that is a little, yeah. Like the silver bug is a pretty specific choice to crash. I don't know. 
Right. Worth a watch. The, the films were like, it's, it's awesome. Cause there's, there's definitely some shit in it that, that comes up and you're like, Oh yeah. Like that, that's, that's definitely plausible. I get it. And there's other shit that's just so deep. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to think about a life where you have the time and the fucking luxury to go down and just dissect a film and look at the rug and decide that the rug is inviting things into Danny's life or it's stopping things from coming into Danny's life. Just the design of the rug. And you're like, I would kill to have the fucking time you have. Jesus. I had no idea that there was that much analysis and like criticism and just like cult activity around this movie. Not, neither did That's I, crazy. not until watching this and, um, and it's pretty clear. I mean, they they, you know, they talk about other, um, there's one guy named, I forget what his name is. People who are listening are, are fucking furious right now because it's all this shit is probably kind of well known, but there's this guy named like, humankind or some shit. It's his online handle, but he's like the guy for, um, he's the guy for theories around the shining. And he doesn't, he refused to be interviewed for the film. Like, I mean, like what he's, he's got the secret and there's no way he's going to be cornered and, and give up the goods. I mean, who knows why, but it's fun. It's super fun. Um, yeah, so I I recommend that for sure. So by the way, while I'm sitting here, I wanted to, have you fucked it all with this Waterloo? No. Sparkling water? I haven't seen it at all. Um, they, do you, do you shop at Whole Foods out there? Not as much as I did in Minneapolis. Yeah. So they have this at Whole Foods. They also have it at a couple different places. This is my new go-to. It's actually replacing LaCroix for me. Whoa. Um, because I think it has the same level of carbonation, maybe a little more than LaCroix. Probably about the same. But the flavor tastes not only better, but more natural. So like this lime kicks ass over LaCroix lime. It's They're not super fruit. perfumey? No. Because uh, that's the problem with lime, right? For me anyway. But their grapefruit and their black cherry and their lemon are also really great. So anyways, if you get a chance, you know, I know you and I have share a similar oh, yeah. crazy amount of passion oh. and pickiness around sparkling water. For so sure. This Waterloo water I definitely recommend. Oh, cool, man. I'll check it out. I'm, I'm needing something new. My old jam. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I'm not the only one as well. I've been to a couple people's houses where I'm like, oh, I see, like, you've got the Waterloo. And they're like, yeah, I'm drinking that now instead of LaCroix. No shit. So I, I didn't think there was anything. I didn't think there was any room to unseat LaCroix at this point. No. You know, the, to, they were like. No way that they're being dethroned. I still don't believe it. Your little yeah. uprising in, in Minneapolis is not going to do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just wait. I mean. It, all it takes is, is. In my mind, it is an undoubtedly better product. Maybe LaCroix will respond in some form or fashion, but. They've yet to. Know. They've yet to do a goddamn yeah. thing. Right. No, especially not to the design of that can, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for shit sure, yeah. Um, I, I drank a lot of. Uh, there's this fucking. There's this fucking mineral water um, down Puerto Vallarta way that is unbelievable. It comes from a local. Um, spring, and it's a thick fucking bottle, like the kind of bottles that they recycle, or, or reuse, right. rather, um, and refill, um, and it's, which for some reason makes it taste better, you know what I mean? That thick glass yep. bottle, it just fucking tastes yeah. better. Tastes better. Um, so I drink the shit out of those the whole time. And it's called Perrier? It's, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's called Perrier. Perrier. It's, I've only seen it down there. Yeah. It's in a green model <laughs> called Perrier. Yep. Yep. Twist cap. Yep. All right, man, let me ask you something. I um, yeah. I need some help with um, with my goddamn pit barrel. Okay. Uh, let me start by saying that that thing is magic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> yesterday... Beth is out of town. She's in Palm Springs. So it's just Jack and I here at the house. And he doesn't eat anything. Like, he can, he can, you know, he eats so little. I smoked a chicken, a full rack of ribs, <laughs> and two eye round roasts, too. 
Not one. Holy shit. Yeah, I filled the smoker yesterday because I had the time. Like, I was able to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was able to start it up. And the thing is, is it only takes, it takes more time to pull your meat out, let it come to room temperature and get the rub on it or whatever you're going to do. That takes more time than it does to deal with it at any point after that using the pit barrel cooker. I know. I know. That is your investment in time. Yeah. That's one of the amazing things that I love about it. It has this like set it and forget it sort of. It's incredible. Like, I mean, I swear to God, it truly is like, I mean, I've done it Tuesday night for dinner. I've done it. I just started early. Oh, you can grill stuff. It doesn't work as well for like searing steaks and stuff. But if you put like chicken thighs on, on the grill part of it and put the cover on, it's more forgiving than a grill. And, but it's still given the time it gets crispy skin. So I want to start with saying all of that. Like I could not by far the best outdoor cooking device I've ever touched. I know, especially for the price, right? Oh my God. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The thing is so good and so simple, but let, let me, let me ask you, I mean, and this is, yeah, yeah. Like this is going like putting a, a, a magnifying glass on, on what this thing is doing because overall it cannot be beat. But I did a brisket for the Super Bowl that was not as tender as I wanted it to be. What uh what what internal temp did you do the brisket to? Um it got to um oh so it got to it hanging, it got to one ninety. Okay. Then I pulled it, um, wrapped it, put some beef broth in there, put it back in on the grill, and left it till it came up to like two ten or two fifteen or something like that. Okay, well, you definitely cooked it long enough. I would have probably wrapped it sooner, personally. Okay, like no shit, really. One sixty, yeah. Oh, see that now that's what. Okay, great, great. One fifty, one sixty. You'd pull it and wrap it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I was going by whatever fucking bullshit I saw on YouTube or something. Um, yeah. That's, which is always if you're gonna If you're going to wrap it. You don't um, even have to, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to. But if you're going to wrap it, I would wrap it sooner, yeah. Okay, then let me ask you. Start there. Let me, okay. All right, so that's great. Let me start there. Um, let me ask you about some goddamn ribs. I've done ribs on there twice, two racks of ribs. Okay. And they're done in... Two hours, which is incredible, um, and they're good, but they're not like full, like twelve-hour smoke good. So should they, now it's it would be totally fair to say they never they're not even trying to attempt to be that because you're done in fucking two hours. It's like that, and right. I'm fine with that. Are you two hours seems a little aggressive to me, like. I, I when I do ribs on there, they t- generally take closer to three. Are you like overfilling the charcoal pan or? No, no, I'm going. I I, I run it the same every time. Okay. Um. Interesting. And how do you have the the uh, the hook? The not the hook. How do you have the little half moon thing? You you got that dialed in according to your alt uh, yeah altitude, it, right? It, to be honest. It, I, I closed it up even a little bit more just because things were getting too hot in there, I felt. So for um, for those that don't know, there's basically there's one, you set it right when you first get it, there's one air vent on the bottom. Like you don't ever adjust no. the air vent. You basically set it one time. Right. In my experience, I think it runs at about 275, 260 to 275, then depending on how much charcoal you have going in there. Um, you might see some slight variation, but so a little hotter than you might do like a traditional low, slow and low barbecue. But to your point, stuff gets done a little faster, which I kind of like. And yeah, totally. Because it's um, a convection cook, so you're basically hanging your meat on these kind of iron sort of what do they call those things? Rebar. Like? Rebar. Yep. So you have rebar that goes through two holes, which also gives a little bit of ventilation on the top. Yep. This is like an ugly drum smoker was what they call it looks like a black lacquered sort of smaller version of a five gallon drum you're hanging your meat in there and all the juices drip down on the coals and then they just you know 
go to fog up you know, smoke and fog smoke yep. up the yeah, provi- provide that and you'll get like in my like the juiciest best prime rib chicken you name it whatever like the chicken so, is unbelievable sh- easily the yeah. best chicken i've ever had po- pork shoulders all that stuff that i yeah. gotta do the pork oh, shoulder the ribs damn I've had I've had really good luck with the ribs on there. So to be honest, really? are, are, are you doing baby backs or yeah. spares? Yeah, I, I mean baby back, which I prefer. St. Louis. Yeah, they're they're uh, baby backs are generally a little more forgiving, right? I find as well. So hmm. they're just like I don't know. They're, I mean, they're kind of tender enough. I did I did a rack. The first rack I did, I did for too long. And okay. they were dried out, and you know, it was my fault. I just left mm. them in there for too long. I still liked it. Like, they taste... It's unbelievable how, like, it tastes like it's fucking smoked. It's All it is is brisket. It's just Kingsford fucking bri- like, uh, brisket. Like, not brisket. Uh, briquettes. Yeah. Are you putting... So when I do ribs and brisket and stuff like that, I'm actually... I mix wood in with the charcoal. How much wood? Like, four or five pretty pretty sizable chunks. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm not doing so that. I also, doing that. also do that. Okay. Also do that. Um, it's quite funny. This has turned into like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> me troubleshooting. I love like, it. Enjoy, people. Yeah, I know. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. It's just um, a fucking like a phone call with Eric. If you're basically listening. And to then him. you should w- watch the video on the Pit Barrel site about how he does the ribs because I think I he does it for it. like. That's what I copied. Now I'm getting um, hot. I'm going to go fire the thing up right now. It's right there. It's 10 <laughs> feet away from me. I can fucking see it right there. Right. Oh, um, I love it. I anyways, because I, I think in the video, Noah, the founder of Pit Barrel, who we are going to have on the podcast yeah, coming up fairly I, soon. I can't we wait. still need to make that happen. Yeah. Um, he, I think, has, has, I think he does like three hours, then you actually sauce him. That's what he does. Put, yes. put him back on. Yeah. Did you do that? No, I don't, I don't use the sauce. It's too much sugar. I don't eat the oh. sugar. Um, Got it. So I do dry rub, and then I just go for two and a half hours or so. What what rub are you using? Are you making your own? Uh, no, I mean honestly, I just grabbed. I don't even remember what it was. I just grabbed the fucking rub. Um, you gotta get the you gotta get the suckle busters. Suckle buster? <laughs> the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah, straight up. No shit. Go to Amazon. <laughs> Number one fucking rated rub in the country. Suckle Busters. Suckle Busters. Yeah. That's a fucking name, huh? It is so good. Uh, done. Their pork I mean, rub. I'm going to get it right now. Their pork rub is so fucking good. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what time. I, I might be able to get it here. It's early. I could probably get it here tonight. Yeah, maybe. I'll prime now that shit. I don't know if they have it on Prime now, but they do. <laughs> they have it on Prime. Well, suckle Buster. Done. Done. Yeah. A- Amen, brother. I mean. All right. Trust me, this suckle buster shit is going to change your life. Oh, that's killer. I'm so glad we're talking about this, because I'm going to do something tomorrow. Beth is coming back with some gals, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll smoke something tomorrow. I'm on the thing. Like, I'm just at, whenever I just walk into, I'm, I've always been really picky about what I buy for protein, but since I have this thing, like, I'm buying fucking, I go to Vaughn's and I just grab fucking one of everything. I just grab, I'm like, right. oh yeah, rack of, rack of ribs, a fucking roast. What yeah. is that thing? I don't even care what it is. Right. Fucking into the So, thing. here's the, one of the best things that I've ever done, and this is a, a hot tip for the pit barrel as well. Go to, I go to Costco, but you go wherever the fuck. Yeah. I don't know what. I go to, I got Costco. Actually, there's a Costco. Oh yeah, one right near the house. Go, go to Costco. They have these um, things of hanger steaks where there's two or three yes. rolled. Yes. Get those. Hang those fuckers on there. Rolled An up. hour and uh, no, no, just hang it. Like, like a rack of ribs. It. Yeah. Hang it like you're doing a rack of ribs. Oh, man. Holy shit. I'm doing, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm doing that tomorrow. Yeah. You will love it. You can all you- go fuck yourselves. This fucking pit barrel cooker is <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> This shit is fucking amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm telling you, I every like it's seriously everyone who gets it like has a life changing sort of experience <laughs> with this thing. Unbelievable! I get the you thing know, going all the time. Katie's uh, Katie Avon and her brother just got one. Really? And they were like, he's constantly bringing it over to their house, and they're going to his house, and she just like can't stop talking. She and Mark can't <laughs> stop talking about it either. I'm telling you, this is like for th- and. Once again, we are in no way sponsored or receiving no, any no, money no, from, no. from Pit Not Barrel. Not a damn way. No. 
I just, because, you know, I've had the same sort of transformative experience and I've had mine for like three years. You've had and it for still a long time, like, yeah. Yeah. I still, that thing is a joy every time I use it. <laughs> it's so good. Do you have, do you have the um, ash catcher that goes under the, the, the pan? You know what? I got that thing. I don't fuck with that thing because here's what I do. I have a shop vac and I just oh. shop vac out all the ashes. Nice out move. Of <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. That, the shop vac to shop vac the ashes, uh, the leftover charcoal shit out of the bottom, and the loof lighter. Those are my two hacks for the yeah. Paper okay. Cooker. Yeah, the light. You know what? I'll tell you. If, for if if anybody doesn't like me, doesn't want to spend the money on on that like on that like fucking hair dryer from from fucking twenty twenty. Um, like twenty twenty so far away, right? Like, your dryer's gonna be so fucking For hot next year. In two yeah. years, yeah, you're not even gonna be able to fucking stand it. <laughs> but if you get like the short uh chimney, uh Weber makes these little tiny white nuggets. Yeah. Those fucking things. Like I stick that oh, in the there. Starter things? It fucking yeah. goes up immediately. Like it's the th- it is yeah. easy as fuck. That whole <laughs> the whole I thing. Know. You're you're laughing. You're you look laughing. like a fucking rock star. Exactly. Too. People, I can't tell you how many holidays I've cooked something in the pit barrel cooker, and my like brother in laws or whoever come up and are like, "Best prime rib, best whatever, best steak, best chicken, oh, best whatever I've ever had." It's crazy. Do you do you yeah. use a thermometer that you leave in there? I do. I use the eye grill. Okay. Yeah, there used to be an independent company, and Weber bought them. There, that little eye grill, uh, I think the eye grill two is the one that I have. You can put up to four probes, four separate probes in there, and then you run them in. And it has an iPhone app, and you can see each probe. And what you, that's especially when you're doing what you're doing, where you're doing the fucking smorgasbord of all the different kinds it's of shit's going in and out at different times. Yeah, yeah. dude, eye grill, eye grill two. And is it accurate? That's my problem. Is that I it look is at, accurate. Because I, I look at the reviews and they're like, oh, well, this one's fucking 20 degrees different than the one next to it. And that scares me. But I mean, there's some. Fuck, yeah, I get it. What do but, I care? I mean, it. It, it's good enough. It's good enough to, and then bring an instant read thermometer. Yeah, I always got that. thermometer. Yeah. And then, then double check. To double check. So at least it gets you yeah. like. Yeah, it in gets you in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, shit, man. I'm rocking that bitch again tomorrow. Like, I, I want to do... I'm excited to do sausages on it. I haven't done that yet. Because um, I love a fucking sausage. I'm excited to do fish. I I'm, I know fish is going to be great on there. I'll do, like, a whole snapper or something on there. Um, That thing is... I'm so excited for it. Right. So, um, let's transition. We talked about this in person. Yeah. I... Uh, when you took us to that awesome sushi restaurant, I hipped you to this in person, but we haven't actually talked about it on the podcast, which I think would be a huge miss. Um, let's talk about the Ear Hustle podcast for a second. Oh, my God. Dude, it is fucking <laughs> so good. Yeah, you turn me on to that thing. So um, Ear Hustle is a podcast that um, is produced by – I don't – what I forget what who produces it. What, it, what um, it's an, is an, it under? An, um uh, I don't know which podcast network. I forget it. too, but it's, it's one of the, one one of the major networks. It is one uh, of the bigger ones. Um, it's an inmate at San Quentin, and then he does it with a woman who is a graphic artist that works at the prison, and they just kind of tackle like different. I, different like preconceptions about prison, like you know, what's it like having a roommate? What's it like trying to deal, try, trying to keep a relationship going while you're in prison? What's it like, or or even down to the point of like, is it tr- like, do you just get raped every time you go to the shower? Is that true? Do you just get, yeah. are you live in fear of getting shanked or some shit? Like they cover all yeah. of that, and it's real deal shit. Yeah. So the inmate's name is Erlon Woods. Yeah. And the uh, woman who's the graphic artist, the visual artist, is named Nigel Poor. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's the the stuff that they get into is so nuanced and so interesting. The race relations thing episode where they talk about the different races and how race is treated and how it's just like a 
sort of much more honest reflection of what's actually happening in America. Oh, I think um, that's fascinating. When you think about it, it's yeah. so fascinating and so interesting. So the good. The music one. Did you listen to the bonus where they had all of the music stuff? I've listened to every done? fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. Everything that they got. <laughs> every available minute. Yeah. And, yeah, and every, like, like read all about it. Like, I, it's the best podcast I've ever listened to. Wow. That's high praise. Um, Just because I think it's nobody, really, I mean, really good. What a topic! Like nobody's I mean, fucking done that. Yeah, it's it's perfect for you because you love all of the stuff. Oh, yeah. this is why. What as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, this is made for Santos because yeah. you love, 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 love the inside of prison oh, stuff. <laughs> why? Yeah, I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, you give the best recommendations, and that that was maybe of all of them. I mean, you, the pit barrel cooker, the fucking ear hustle. It's fucking, your life gets better, people. I'm telling you, listen yeah. to this kid. <laughs> listen to this kid. He fucking, he's, he's fucking giving this shit away for free. No doubt. I ate a fucking, um, I ate a, a, a goddamn edible today at... Oh, really? Well, yeah, so California. Yeah, it's all legal in California now, right? Easy, yeah, freewheeling Bob Dylan out here. So, um, so I got uh, some of those... And for, I mean, I've had them before, but for whatever reason, I thought I'd eat one today and it was fucking major. And I went to not like overwhelming, but I was like, oh, was sh- Jack babysitting you he, almost. Um, <laughs> it, he, he nearly was. Here's what happened. Like we went, I ate it and then we went to see Paddington too. <laughs> And I fucking, I fucking melted down. I melted down. I was like so wrapped up in that fucking movie. Like I was crying. Like he, he looked at, he looked at me at one point. He's like, he's like, why are you so sad? I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking, I'm like, I'm falling apart here. That's my four year old. I fell apart. It was fucking, I was like, oh my God, are you serious with these fucking edibles, man? Come on. Keep it together. It's a fucking Paddington, and and it's like it's it's Paddington too. Electric Boogaloo. It's right. not like yeah. I mean, it's the fucking follow up. Oh right. my god, I was a mess. I was a mess. It was unbelievable. Oh so uh, hey, listen, uh, two thumbs up, Paddington two. Go see it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, bring a box of Kleenex, evidently. Get a, bring a box of Kleenex. It's rated PG, um, which, you know, you start to see, like, it's more than just, like, if there's something, you know, off color. It's it's also, like, the, the, the depth of, like, sadness that they'll go to. Because there were moments mm. in there that they go deep on fucking Paddington. A little dark. He's walking around. Yeah, yeah he's walking around. He's in fucking jail. Speaking of which, maybe that's why it touched something. That maybe that's where it got me. Like he, yeah. Paddington spends like, half the movie in prison. So whoa, yeah, maybe that's Damn. Like, yeah, man, this shit's real. Yeah, he gets he gets shanked. Um, he he drops he drops the soap. Paddington learns. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's fucking great. Um, it producers of Harry Potter, like um. It's it's pretty. I have to say, I know I was fucking under the influence, but um, it's legit. The movie's legit. High or not, like that thing was real. Right. All right. So, <laughs> too. Enjoy everybody. Speaking of meat hacks, another one that I want to throw out there. This won't be as relevant to you because you don't have fucking winter. You know. Oh, are you, going, would, are you are you going back to some meat? I'm going back to meat. Killer. All right. Good. Good. <clears throat> um. I did a pork shoulder um, last weekend in the Instant Pot. Yes. So, you know, obviously people are familiar with you throw a pork shoulder or whatever. You do pulled pork in your fucking crock pot or whatever. And four and a half hours later, like, yeah. yeah. This is Um, the exact opposite. In the Instant Pot, an hour. Yes. And it turned out way better. Way better. So you put it, you get the pressure going. you, You sear it in there to start. Um, you know, I put the suckle busters on it, um, put in a little apple cider vinegar, some water, um, a little bit of, uh, barbecue sauce and some tomato paste. An hour later, you're laughing. Okay. You know, here's- you have a tender pulled pork. I mean, it's not the same cause you, it's not, don't get me wrong. This is nothing like, um, doing it for real, like doing a proper, doing it for real. Pork. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's not, it's not like that. 
But what I've been doing is, this is Helen's new favorite meal. I get this really awesome, get it out, pull it. And then what I do is I lay down um, like some, some tortilla chips and I put the pork on it. Oh. I do a couple, couple sunny side up eggs, oh. put that over put a little salsa and fresh avocado on it oh, for God it. Damn. It's her new favorite meal. That is she unbelievable. Loves it. That is that's beautiful. Yeah. That is a beautiful yeah. dish. Yeah. Oh my god. So it's god. like sort of like a slight riff on Huevos Rancheros. A little but, bit, but that's I yeah. love that. Oh, that's killer. So, so here's good. here's what I have to to say about the instant pot. Um one it I love what it's trying to do the sear um, option has got to get twice as hot as it gets. Um, right. Because it doesn't... I, I still use it. So for anyone that is wondering, the Instant Pot, uh, you probably know by now, it's fucking the thing. It's swept the fucking internet. It's like the sriracha of, <laughs> of pressure right. cookers. Cooking devices, yeah. Yeah, this motherfucker, like, zero on marketing. Like, he's just some dude that, like... He, there's actually a great story. It was in Long Reads or something... Um, in the last couple of months about this guy um, and about how he just exploded as a small family business. But um, it's a pressure cooker, but what it does is it has the same, all the same functions as a pressure cooker. It has all the same functions as a slow cooker, a rice cooker, a rice a, cooker, a yogurt yeah. maker, like a 20 in one device. That's the, thing. that's the thing. And the biggest claim to fame, the reason I bought it was that it claims that, you can sear in it and then deglaze and then hit it with the pressure, which that's the big thing right. for anybody that knows if you're going to braise something, you have to sear it first and, you know, to get that caramelization. And the idea is that you'd be able to just do this in one pot and be done. Unfortunately, it doesn't get hot enough to really do it. Maybe they'll fix that someday. And you can't pull the... I've, I tried to pull the that insert out and put it on the stove, and that's a fucking bad idea. Because it's so thin. Right. I, I must have been yeah, on yeah. another edible at that point, because that was fucking stupid <laughs> as shit. But I had it wasn't getting hot enough. I was getting so fucking pissed, you know? Now, right. so there's the first thing. The second thing is more of a tip. Um, the, my problem, most of the times that I used it, was... I I was putting too much liquid in. Like the liquid comes uh, out of whatever you're cooking. So Oh yeah, for sure. Like watch, you got to be really careful about how much liquid you put in because like yep. I wound up all the time like cuz there's no evaporation. Like you're used to yeah. you know, you get yep. used to the way that you're cooking and you're used to the ratios of liquid that you put in because you know it's all over a flame and it's just evaporating, but that yep. this thing doesn't lose a drop, so it dilutes if you put too much in. Yep. So only put 100%. in liquid that has a ton of flavor. Yep, is my tip. But that thing is fucking yeah. legit. There's no doubt. Yeah, for sure. That's why I was I was surprised at because once again you're saving yourself a whole bunch of time. You know, you're saving yourself three and Fuck a half, yeah. four, oh, five, five hours versus waiting for your like, and it doesn't turn out as well. Exactly. The, the, so if you're gonna do pulled pork in your fucking crock pot, like you oh, the crock pot is for fucking pot. assholes. Like the crock pot is <laughs> bullshit. That is for fucking that shit is like 1974. Died with the Tupperware party. Hour it's fucking amateur yeah. hour. Oh, you don't have to worry. Set it and forget it. It's fucking bullshit. The crock pot does not work. There's nothing you can make in the crock pot that tastes good. I don't give a fuck. The, I can't think of one thing that you can just put in there. It's a sum of its parts. Everything that you put in there, it tasted when you eat it, you taste each thing singularly as you fucking eat it. There's no magic that happens. I hate the fucking right. crock pot. It's bullshit. Yeah. Crock pot is like a shitty replacement for searing something on the stove and or and doing a stew or something in the oven. Doing a yeah. proper braise. A braise yeah. is fucking just, it's how, what is it? Hard? Turn the oven yeah. on, stick the fucking thing in the oven, forget it for three hours, then take it out, yeah. and you're a hero. Right. So. Yeah, no kidding. G- go hang, you, go enjoy yourselves, crockpot people. Yeah. Crockpot is for, like, heating up your queso dip you just shat out of a can. Dude, that's actually the that is Super Bowl that's Sunday. That's what it's good <laughs> for, is, is queso. It's actually really good for queso. It's great for queso. You can keep chowder warm in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Speaking of chowder, how are you feeling about uh, your your pats there, my friend? Oh, uh, you know what, man? 
It's actually getting a little bit harder as I get further away from it. Um, I watched it with uh, an Eagles fan, which mm. I, I when in the morning of the game, I was like, "What the? F- why the fuck would I invite an Eagles fan?" And she's like a new friend, like she's somebody that I've just met. I'm like, "What am I thinking? Like, why would I have her over here? Like, I usually don't have anybody over if there's a Super Bowl. I just right. want to watch it myself yeah, and yeah. have nobody fucking saying shit to me." But right. I invited her over, and you know what? I was so glad I did because, like, she was such a fan the entire time. She's on the phone with her mom. She's fucking crying. Like, she's texting her grandmother. She's getting pictures from uncles. And I was like, these people have never won a fucking Super Bowl. You know what? There was a point, I'm not going to fucking lie, that I was like, fuck this team. Fuck the Patriots. Their defense is terrible. We don't deserve to win. And I hope the fucking Eagles win. Because at least it will keep the fire burning for Brady for another three, four years. This will make him come back. If he won, people will be saying, what if, what if. So... Hopefully it makes him run a little fucking faster. If he had put out 10% more effort, he would have caught that football that was thrown to him. How bad was that? How Why? fucking he bad was It looked like he was, he was phoning it in. It didn't feel like it. I mean. Which, which made the play when the Eagles quarterback fucking caught it and ran in for that dude, touchdown. Right it's a thing. rub in the nose. So much more satisfying. Oh, yeah, it is. So it's a huge Right in the you. fucking dirt, rubbing his face in the so dirt. So hard. You should see, I man, the text message chains that I got. I, I got within, <laughs> within like, I couldn't even reply. And I took a screenshot of it because it was so funny. My buddy in San Francisco was sending pictures where he was at with a bunch of Phillies fans. It was just like, fuck you, Santos. And they sent it 48 times in a row. Just fuck you, Santos. Fuck you, Santos. And then they, they had pictures of them all outside. Everybody flipping me off. Like, And they sent it like they were so drunk. They sent it like 80 times. I got like 80 text messages. It was brilliant. Oh, my God. It was so good. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was great. You know what? It was an awesome fucking Super Bowl. It was a great game. Our, our team's fucking bullshit. Fuck them. Like, I'm, I'm a, always a Pats fan, but fuck them. They were lazy, and they deserved to lose. Right. Yeah, it turns out you have to be able to stop the other team from scoring touchdowns. Yeah, who would have thought? You, can't, it's <laughs> just, you don't just turn the Tom Brady dial to fucking 48 points and just win the game every in the fucking Super Bowl. So... Yeah, fuck them. Thanks, thanks. I was fucking super relaxed. I took a goddamn bath tonight, and I was so fucking relaxed. Now I'm hot. Now I'm fucking hot. You son of a bitch. Well, just go on Amazon, buy yourself an eye grill and some rub. Scuttlebutt? What is it? Yep. Suckle busters. <laughs> suckle busters. What the fuck is that name? What is suckle busters? I have no idea. Well, trust me. No, I do. No, I trust you implicitly. I'm getting it right now. Yeah, they're they're not going to win any graphic design awards either. But this is that's all the more reason. Good ass pork rub. Yeah, Flora, Chris Flora, got him on the pit barrel. Got him on the suckle bus. You did. Boom. Really? Yep. Oh, that. Yeah. He's he's somebody that would truly appreciate it. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. He'll love it. He'll he'll. I bet he's rocking that thing. Hell yeah, suckle buster. What else you got, man? You got anything else? Um, a couple things here, here and there. I'll talk, I'll talk about one more thing, which is, um, so I've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, this is going to be f- for a, a very select few people, <laughs> but the people that love this, I hope there are people out there that love this, uh, as much as I do. And it, it can bring as much joy to their lives as it's brought to mine. Um, so there's some voice actors in LA that run a, Twitch stream slash podcast called Critical Role, where they all get together and they play Dungeons and Dragons. So they went through like 143 episodes of this, and each episode is like three to four hours. That's a pretty fucking serious commitment to make it through all that. So they just rebooted and started a second season where they all play different characters, different storyline. And it's always one of those things where it's like, Okay, so I've gotten attached to these characters and these certain people and this other thing. Is it going to be as good? It is as good in the se- in the second season. There are only four episodes in, so if anyone who wants to kind of start this or dive in, it's much easier to like start when they're starting fresh and sort of follow along. And now they publish the podcast like almost in real time when they're doing the show. I think the podcast comes out like three days after. 
And it's but it's easier to like listen to something that's three to four hours when you're like in podcast form than it is to watch the YouTube video sure, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually generally do a combination of both. I will start um, watching the YouTube video and then I'll switch over and I'll finish it. Generally, like the last two two hours or last fifty to sixty percent on the podcast. Holy but shit. so so fun, so hilarious. I mean, these are like people who are winning. Um, there's this woman, Laura Bailey, that just won like best voice in a video game. Like these are top notch people, super entertaining. And it's funny because the guy who's the dungeon master, Matt Mercer has another show that, that because critical role is so popular. I mean, they have sometimes a hundred thousand people watching their stream. Are you shitting me? And that's a hundred thousand subscribers. I should say they have a hundred thousand subscribers. Those are people paying five dollars a month to watch it. So these people are making a half million dollars a month in streaming, uh, just from subscribers. Oh, not to mention sponsors. Advertising right um, from playing Dungeons and Dragons together. Fuck. What? So, and anyways, my my point here is Matt Mercer has another show where he has actual legit Hollywood actors. He has Joe Manganiello and um, this other woman whose name is I'm blanking at the moment, but who was on True Blood and now is on um, the Daredevil show. These actual Hollywood actors are not nearly as good at this <laughs> role playing seriously as these voice actors. Oh my god, they pale in comparison. <laughs> like they're just not nearly as good. So it's astonishing how fucking good. And wow. how funny and entertaining these people it's, are. I got. I have to check it out because it's the type of thing I would never fucking, like, on paper. Yeah. I mean, you know how that sounds on paper. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah, that's obviously why you're, that's why you're talking about it. It's because it's, I mean, it, there it are, seems ridiculous. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Just today I saw they retweeted a video from this um, deaf girl in Europe who sent them a video saying that, like, basically this show had, like, saved her life. And there are Seriously? so many people, Ugh. so many people out there in the world who write to them and are like, this show has changed my life. I, I was depressed. I thought I was alone. I mean, it's basically like the best version of like this nerdy hobby kind of brought to life and shown that like when you pour creativity and heart and soul into something, like you can make something amazing. God, I um, love it. I love it. Wow. So, yep. Critical Role. You can catch the podcast on iTunes. Um, or if you go to YouTube, there's a the network that it's on is called Geek and Sundry. If you go to Geek and Sundry, there's a Critical Role playlist on Geek and Sundry, and you can watch it on YouTube. So trust me, you it's very very entertaining. Once you get into the characters and the storyline, you will be hooked. Oh, fucking cool, man! Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna give that a go. Here, it sounds like a good. Um... Settle into something and stop the brain from fucking going into places where it doesn't need to go. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> 100%. How about you? You have any, uh, you have a final pick um, before we sign off or you think you're let's good? Let's see. I, I don't think I do really. Um, I'm just looking at my notes here, stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, you know what I enjoyed this past week was, um, was the skills of an actual like really good florist. I buy flowers all the time. I always hmm. buy them at the at the grocery store. You know, you just get it on the way out whatever right. it's 8 bucks, yep. it's 10 dollars, you get it and you get flowers. But like I went to a florist um for a bouquet for my wife and I was like, "Oh, fucking this is why. It's one of those things where it's fucking worth it." And you don't have and it's not really all that much more money. They've last twice as long. I, I don't know why I'm fucking mentioning this, but it was something this past week. Like it was, I was my my uncle's a florist, and I remember working in his shop and being like, "Oh, this is a real art. Like this is a real thing." And and For sure. going and watching somebody do it. The next time, flowers are fucking nice in the house, man. It's it's go get some. Go to a florist. Go to your local florist. Tell him you just want something. You wanted to come to see him instead of getting it at Trader Joe's, and he'll be so fucking psyched that you walked in the door. He'll give you. You'll get the deal of the fucking century. So go see your local florist and get a get a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, hell yeah. There are some sort of like new modern take on florists. Like I know in Minneapolis, spruce. They're unbelievable. Uh, so good. They were my go-to. Yeah, so I went amazing. to them all the time. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Super good. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a an underappreciated art form and service that can really um, 
you know, have some class. Fucking come yeah. on, people. You're disgusting. Go yeah. get some flowers. <laughs> Go get some flowers. That's right. Change your life. For God's Change your day. sake. Just try. Change your life just with someone you love. try a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on, people. Especially, especially for, for the, the person you're going out, you know. If you if you met someone on Tinder and you're going out with them a second time, bring them some, bring some flowers. Stuff. For God's sake, it's the oldest fucking game in the book, and you're not doing it. You're not fucking doing. It, I guarantee Jeez. you. Jeez, the stories oh, yeah. that I hear from the ladies at work about trying to date these oh. new these young guys on Tinder, I'm just like shaking my head. Right? Fucking useless. No game. Zero fucking game. Yeah. Get yourself a pit barrel. And some flowers. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Come on. Pit barrel cooker. The fucking, yeah. Listen to Ear Hustle. Nobody will think that's weird that's at all. Right. <laughs> You'll be fine. Fucking <laughs> start eating yeah. edibles and get scared at the window. Yeah. And when you scare all the women off, you can watch Critical Role. <laughs> <laughs> we got you covered. You're set. You're fucking set. All right. Well, let's wrap it up then for tonight. Thank you, everyone, as always, for listening. Sorry it's been a little little bit here. As you heard, Santos was out in Mexico, so we'll try to yeah. you know keep, keep it a little more regular. Um, and uh, if you can take the time, once again, I'm going to put in a plug. Please go uh, rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps more people find out about the podcast. Um, helps more people find out about great movies, food, books, and music. So thank you. Thank you as always to Kaya Fisher for the audio engineering assistance. Um, You make us sound awesome. Otherwise, we'd sound like we were in the bottom of the ocean. I'm still breathing all over this fucking thing. I can tell. It's terrible. Yeah. Jesus. She works magic. It's Yeah. We're a nightmare. Anyways. um, Good talking to you, man. As always, good talk to you, too. Yeah. Great to catch up. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See you, everybody.